Welcome to Trevecca Community Church's Sermon Podcast. We hope this resource draws you closer to God and helps you grow in your faith. Join us this Sunday as Pastor Shauna brings us a message from Romans chapter 14, verses 7 through 9. Uh, to wear those. Uh, 
Davidson County is still asking that the residents of Davidson County, when they're in public spaces like this, wear face masks. And so I know some of you have driven in from other counties where that's not the case. And so thank you for entering into this space and, and being willing to wear these as we are a part of Davidson County, as we are a part of the city of Nashville, and we want to be a part of the healing of the city of Nashville. And so today, we gather together in worship because we belong to the Lord. We belong to the Lord. We don't belong to any of the other things that would identify or affiliate us. We belong to the Lord, and because we belong to the Lord, we belong to one another. Weak and strong, old and young, we belong to one another in Christ Jesus. And so thank you for showing up today for worship to worship our King. So would you pray today with me as we ask God to just bless everything that is given and the gifts that we come to give and worship today. Pray with me. Gracious God, we thank you so much for this opportunity that we have to lift your name high. We thank you that we get to be a part of the Treveca community, a community of believers who love and serve you, our Lord. We ask today that you would bless all the gifts that are given, the gifts that are given online and here in the sanctuary today. We ask that you would gather up these gifts from your scattered church and that you would make it be something more than we can ask or imagine. Use it for the building up of your kingdom here in the city of Nashville and around the world. We pray all this in the precious name of Jesus Christ, to whom we belong. And all your sons and daughters said, Amen. Hear the word of the Lord from Romans 14, 7-9. We do not live to ourselves, and we do not die to ourselves. If we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ died and lived again, so that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. This is the word of the Lord. I'm a member of Trevecca Community Church. I've been there since 2013, and I've been on a, an amazing journey with my Christianity. Uh, I am now a local pastor at Trevecca, and I also uh, am taking pastoral classes to further my education. Hi, I'm Erica. I am a sophomore here at Trevecca with a major in intercultural studies, minoring in social justice, uh, as I feel a call to go into ministry, specifically to be a missionary. And I am also a member here at TCC. I was reading on uh, Romans 14, 7 through 9, when Paul was talking, and I got to tell you, I was really having some confusion when I first read that, uh, that scripture. I was wondering how it was for you. Uh, yeah, so this passage, uh, also the first time I read, I was like, okay, cool. Uh, so what exactly does this mean for me? Um, and I think like the more I process it, like I reread it a few times. Um, and the phrase like 
no matter like what happens, we are the Lord's. Like if you live for God, like you are still His. If you die for the Lord, like you're still His. Um, and so just kind of like that um, reassurance for me of like no matter what I'm doing, no matter what I choose, like I still belong to God. That then is a further reassurance that He's still going to be with me no matter where I go or where He calls me to go. What it really came down to for me is that we don't belong to us. We belong to Him. And by belonging to Him, we can shed our worries. And when we have problems, and, and certainly have problems, I can turn them over to Him and He'll take care of them. So I really was excited about that when I finally got into understanding what that scripture was telling me. And so like for me, as I'm like new into like starting the ministry and like um, just being more involved in the church, it's fun to kind of see like how people choose to dive into that and like how they're called, like how God's calling them um, into whatever ministry he's choosing for them. Um, it's just really cool to see like how they're choosing to live for God. And, and this scripture just brings it all to life for me, that he wants us to welcome others in and love them like he would. And he gives us that example in verse nine. Yeah, and just to echo off of that, I think that's exactly what Christ wants us to do, you know, like he came down to earth, lived with us, died on the cross for us, and so now he is Lord over both living and the dead, and we um, are now able to like, be in relationship with him, and so part of our calling as us as Christians is to like welcome every single person, like not to judge them based on what their sin is versus what my sin is. Like at the end of the day, every single one of us are sinners and Christ came and died for every single one of us. I thank you so much for giving me some of your feedback because I'm certainly gonna take that with me and, uh, and try and work portions into my life that I haven't been doing. So thank you so much for, for being here with me. I love the Trevecca Community Church. I hope you do too. What good people. Thanks to Steve and Erica for having that tabletop conversation. And thanks for Destiny and Quentin, our two new worship leaders this morning. It's great to see new faces in worship leading us in worship. That was awesome. Two Trevecca students who reached out to Pastor Jordan and say, hey, I want, I want to help out with worship. I want to ask you a question for you to be considering, pondering in your head throughout this sermon. Are you ready? Where is a place where you feel a deep sense of belonging? And who is a person that makes you feel like you are really something? All right? Are you thinking about that? You've got that question. A place where you feel a deep sense of belonging and a person who makes you feel like you are really something. All right, so that's what you're going to be thinking and considering while we dive into Romans 14, 7 and 9 today. We are reading Romans backward. If you've been here with us in this sermon series, you know that we're reading Romans backward so that we can start from the kitchen table. Not the fancy dining room table where we've got it all together, but the kitchen table where life is real and messy and where scripture meets our real life. We are hearing this read from the lips of Phoebe, a Gentile woman who the Apostle Paul sends with this letter to the book of Romans, and she's going around to a group of house churches led by people like Aquila and Priscilla, uh, led by Junia and Andronicus, and filled with people like Herodian the Jew and Narcissus the Greek in a culture where some would be perceived as weak and others would be perceived 
as strong. And they're trying to keep this fragile Christian community together as pressure mounts and persecution builds, especially against the Jewish Christians who are easier to identify because they eat differently than everyone else and they spend Sabbath differently than everyone else. In fact, if you read the whole of chapter 14, which would be a great thing to do this week, by the way, it'd be a great thing to do to just sit down and read all of chapter 14, you'll notice that it's really talking about what people eat and how they spend their Sabbath. And this seems to be the biggest point of difference between the Jewish Christians and the Gentile Christians. So Phoebe walks in, in this this very fragile Christian community trying to keep themselves together to be one church, Phoebe walks in and reads chapter 14 in the book of Romans, where Paul really gets at the division between these Jewish and Gentile Christians who eat differently, who Sabbath differently. Now, traditionally, at the dining room table, this passage is understood to be talking about the differences between legalism and liberalism. Those are really the two kind of things that are being balanced here in this passage, legalism and liberalism. But if we just tackle legalism and liberalism from the dining room table with eloquent statements about these two and calls for peace and reconciliation, we are going to miss the gritty, like real-life stuff that is happening here. Remember Phoebe and Aquila and Priscilla and all of the gang who are just trying to figure out how to keep worshiping together without having a massive church split, without Jews saying, you know what, we're all going to worship with Aquila and Priscilla. The rest of you Gentiles, you can go ahead over to Narcissus' house, and then nobody has to be uncomfortable when we worship. That's what they're trying to keep from happening, right? A church split into affinity groups. You see, at the heart of questions about legalism and liberalism lies the deeper question of belonging. To whom do you belong? This is what those early Christians are wrestling with. Do you belong to those uptight, restrictive descendants of Abraham and Sarah? Or do you belong to those loosey-goosey, anything-goes Gentiles? This is the question that they're wrestling with. To whom do you belong? We recently moved, some of you know, we recently moved from Donaldson to Brentwood. No, not really to Brentwood, to almost Brentwood. We live in Nashville, Davidson County, but we live kind of close to the Brentwood line, and we're realizing that we love our neighborhood, we love our new neighbors, but a lot of them would identify more with Brentwood than with Nashville. We're coming to learn this. And so the other day, we're, we're hanging out in our almost Brentwood neighborhood, talking to some neighbors, and one of them made kind of a snarky comment about Donaldson. And all of a sudden, I felt myself like ready to take them on. I realized that they struck like a note of belonging in me. I still feel like I belong to Donaldson. I don't know what it is. I mean, I know we've moved neighborhoods, but I feel this strong connection with that loud airplane flying over noise. I'm just so used to that. With our quirky coffee shops, I still just kind of feel like I belong in Donaldson. And maybe it's just because I'm not ready to buy a Land Rover and fully become a Brentwood mom. Maybe that's it. I don't know. 
I just, they just hit me in this gut place when they made that comment about Donaldson. And I realized that my feelings wasn't because one neighborhood is better than the other. It struck the core of my belonging. Some of you might have felt some of that tension in the way that our church has navigated COVID over this last year. Some of you might have felt this tension at times when we made choices that have been more legalistic. Choices like requiring masks and moving services for a time completely virtual so that there weren't choices and options about how you choose to worship. And at times, I know some of you have struggled with the question, whoa, what kind of church do I belong to? And on the flip side, when we've made choices that were more liberal choices, choices to come back into the building and give people options and the freedom about how they would choose to worship either online or in the building, there was another group of you that said, whoa, what kind of church do I belong to? And we have felt that tension, and in the midst of that tension and division, I have been so grateful to be a part of a church family and community that has stayed together, kept finding ways to come together to the Lord's table, because we belong to the Lord. Belonging touches at the very core of our being. We get fired up about these things, not because we've got some deep commitment to an ideology. We get fired up about these things because of our relationships and our belonging. I heard a song recently that that just moved me at a deep place. It brought me to tears. It's a song by a Nashville, actually, singer-songwriter named Casey Bowles. And it's called Somebody's Something. She wrote this song about her own mother, and I heard the live recording of her song where she played it in a venue where her mom was sitting right there listening to her play this song. And the song tells the story of her mother's life growing up in a small town in Kentucky, and she had big dreams of heading out west, but instead of pursuing those dreams, her life is spent basically going from being somebody's daughter to somebody's wife to somebody's mother, and she's always been somebody's something. And at first, as I was listening to this song and thinking about her mother sitting right there in the audience, it almost felt like a harsh read on her mother's life, as if she was telling this tragic tale of a woman who has been held back from being all that she could be until you get to the bridge of the song. It was the bridge that brought me to tears. And so I want you to listen just to the end of the song, to the last chorus and bridge and chorus, and see if you can hear what I hear. She's always been somebody something. That's just called being one. She's always been some. 
tension that was being pulled out there. The tension between here she's always been somebody something and in some ways that has been a boundary for her. That to be in relationship has meant limitations for her. She's lived every life but her own but she can't imagine being nobody's nothing. You see these somebodies they mean the world to her. And though she never got to head out west and pursue her dreams. These somebodies are where she belongs. The song brought me to tears because it made me feel that tension between being completely and totally defined by our relationships, by those to whom we belong, being defined only in terms of wife, mother, employee, boss, Nazarene, and then between belonging to no one, having no one to whom to belong, because you see, to be in relationship necessarily means that we enter into limitations for the sake of others. No one wants to be reduced to just being somebody's something. But who could imagine being nobody's nothing? Perhaps one way to think about the difference then between legalism and liberalism is this. Legalism is being bound to a set of rules in order to get to be somebody something. That in order to belong, you have to follow a set of rules. You have to submit, not to people and relationships, but just to rules in order to fit the definition of being in that community. And so then anyone who transgresses the rules is out of the community. And then liberalism, on the other hand, would be trying to be nobody's nothing, it's like it says in chapter 14, verse 7, to live unto one's self, right? It, liberalism would be living life with no rules and no community, no boundaries, just raw individualism. And I hope that you're hearing that the way we're describing liberalism is very different from political liberalism. Because the truth is, is there's plenty of legalism on both sides of the political aisle, amen? 
You see, both legalism and liberalism, they turn out to be a lie. Both of them turn out to be a lie. You see, abiding by rules in order to belong is like trying to earn love. You just can't do it. And while merely abiding by rules, it might keep you in the good graces of others, it will never earn you true love and belonging. And while being free from community and free from rules might seem liberating, living unto yourself is just a different kind of prison. A life turned inward and being captive to selfish desires. That's not freedom. Paul's deep fear for the Roman church is that their differences would lead to denominationalism. That's Paul's deep fear for the Roman church, is that they would break into smaller and smaller factions that ever increasingly define their faith rather than radical obedience to Christ. So while they are sitting around kitchen tables reading these letters from the apostles and trying to figure out how to do life together, serving kosher food so that they don't offend the Jews, knowing that Gentiles like Andronicus and Narcissus probably aren't hungry anyway because they just came from the big barbecue over at one of the temples. Paul sends Phoebe to walk into their midst and to come reading this letter, reminding them that Christ died and rose again to be Lord over the living and the dead. You think it's hard to meal plan for Jews and Gentiles? You think it's hard to have a dinner party with Democrats and Republicans? You think it's hard to plan a carpool for the Brentwood Land Rover and the Donaldson Prius? Try bringing together the living and the dead, all right? That's a tough crowd to please. There is no one, living or dead, who will not one day bend a knee and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, no matter what's on their dinner plate. Those who are in Christ Jesus are no longer defined by being somebody's something. It's not about who's your daddy or your boss or your golfing buddy. And associations in ancient Rome, associations were everything. I mean, they opened up your path in life. And let's be honest, associations still mean a lot to us today, don't they? I was just talking to a friend this week who said, you know, I don't really post anything on social media. I just get on there to see who's liking whose posts. Right? Associations mean something. They, they mean a lot these days because as we are looking at social media or, or what groups people are affiliated with, it says something about who you belong to. Do you belong to the legalists or the liberals, to the Republicans or the Democrats, to the young or the old? Do you belong to your family group or your college buddies? Or maybe even today, you feel like you are defined as being nobody's nothing because you're a single person in this church where it feels like to be somebody, you've got to be married and have kids. Or maybe you feel like you don't really belong because you don't have a particular group. You've never really clicked with a Sunday school class or a small group. Maybe you're one that's proud to march to the beat of your own drum, 
Or maybe you feel actually quite alone, overlooked and desperate to be invited to somebody's kitchen table. Whatever your kitchen table looks like, whatever your associations are or are not, in Jesus Christ, you are more than somebody something. And because you belong to Christ, you will never be nobody's nothing. In Christ Jesus, we are set free. In Christ Jesus, we are set free and liberated, not to live unto ourselves. We are free to belong. And not just because we followed the whole list of rules, but because we are loved and we are redeemed. And not just for, and now then, forevermore, all of our relationships are mediated through Christ. Because of Christ, I am a wife and a mother, or you might be a father or a brother, a friend, a teacher, a student, a boss, an employee, but that does not define us. We are defined as being servants to the Lord. And so this is who we are. Our somebody is the Lord. And our something is being a servant. So when we come around tables together, we're not defined as weak or strong or anything else. We all bear this label. You see, Jesus died and returned to life so that we could be somebody's something servants of the Lord, and Jesus Christ is the Lord of the living and the dead so that we can be one body where no one is excluded from his right to reign. This is our identity, and this allows us to eat around kitchen tables with the weak and the strong, with the Jew and the Gentile. And if everyone at the table is a servant of the Lord, then we can serve one another, even those who eat differently, even those who vote differently, even those who live differently. And at these tables, the legalist cannot exclude the liberal, and the liberal cannot despise the legalist if Jesus Christ is Lord of the living and the dead. Jesus didn't die and rise again so that we can find the affinity group that most suits our lifestyle, right? I know that is painful to hear, but it is the truth. Jesus didn't die and rise again so that we can find an affinity group that suits us. Jesus died to save the world so that everyone, living and dead, can belong in the kingdom of God. And here at Trevecca Community Church of the Nazarene, we are a community of believers, weak and strong, legalists and liberals from Donaldson and Brentwood who belong in Christ Jesus. Amen? And Mount Juliet and Antioch and Hendersonville, and y'all belong. At the beginning, I asked you to imagine a place where you belong and a person who makes you feel like you are something. Do you have that place? Do you have that person? As we get ready to go to the Lord in prayer, I want to ask first, do you know today that you belong to Christ Jesus? 
I mean first and foremost, before anything else that can define you, do you know that you belong to Christ Jesus? Because as we go to the Lord in prayer today, it is not a far leap, friends. To belong to Christ Jesus is just to say yes to him, to be Lord of your life, to be servant of the Lord. In fact, if you even want to come and find a place of prayer today for whatever burdens you have, but especially if you want to say, I I want to belong to Jesus. We have altars that are open. In fact, if, if you're watching right now from your couch, you can find a place to belong. As we go to the Lord in prayer, do you belong to Christ Jesus first and foremost? And then secondly, as we enter into this time of prayer, I want you to be asking God to transform your life and your kitchen table into a place of belonging where nobodies can become somebodies. Somebodies who belong together in Christ Jesus. And so right now, we're not going to wait or belabor the issue. If you want to come and find a place of prayer at the altar, you are welcome to come and to pray with us today. We're going to go right to prayer. We're going to ask that God would make a place of belonging for you and for me at the table of the Lord. So let's pray. Gracious God, today we ask you to be the Lord of this church, to be the Lord of our life, to be the Lord over the living and the dead because that's who you are. We thank you and we praise you that we get to belong. We get to belong to your family. We get to belong to your kingdom because Jesus Christ died and rose again. And so God, today, if there is any barrier that's keeping anyone from knowing that belonging in Jesus Christ, whether it be feeling like they haven't lived up to all the rules, feeling like they don't quite fit, feeling like they're just nobody's nothing or they're only defined by being somebody something. God, we pray that you would, tran- you would trespass those barriers and welcome them into your kingdom. God, today we ask that as we come before you, that you would meet with this church. Lord, that you would meet with us and all of our ministry partners. God, we pray for for Treveca as they enter into this finals week, for all of our students that are getting ready to take finals in the beginning of March, in this strange kind of year, we just ask that you would give them everything they need to give their, their very best to you this week. For the staff and faculty, God, we pray that your hand would be upon them. Lord, we pray for the healthcare center. As they're getting ready to possibly open their doors to visitors, would you just continue to keep them safe and protected? Help the staff and the workers there to do their very best as if they are serving the Lord. Lord, we thank you so much for the community of the towers and for the dear residents that reside there. God, we ask that you would continue to protect them. We know that there's a need for more vaccine distributions there and people have been waiting. And so God, would you make a way? Would you make a way in your power and spirit for those who want and need to get vaccines to get them? God, we thank you so much for our Crossbridge ministry partners, for the building that's being built even now. God, we just pray for your presence to reside there, that it would be a place where lives would be transformed in the likeness of Jesus Christ. And God, today we pray for the city of Nashville. A year after tornadoes have torn through the city, 
in a year where so many businesses have been shut down and have struggled. God, we just pray that you would continue to help this city to rebuild and to rebound and to be all that you've called it to be. Lord, we pray specifically today for the Asco Noble Coding Company, our business of the week. Lord, locally based here in Nashville, distributing and making paint, God, we ask that you would bless their managers and their employees, that they would do their work not as if they are serving human beings, but as if they are serving you. Lord, today we come to you confessing that we have not always loved you with our whole heart, mind, soul, and strength, and we have not always loved our neighbor as ourselves. But as we are quick to confess, you are quick to forgive. And so for all those today that are offering up confessions, we ask that you would shower your forgiveness and your grace and your mercy over them today and over me as well. Lord God, we thank you that we can be reconciled and made one in you. And so Jesus Christ, it is because you are the Lord of the living and the dead that even me, even those here today, we are welcomed into your kingdom we get to pray the prayer that your son Jesus Christ taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As we come to the table of the Lord today, we come to this table because this is where we belong. We belong to the Lord. And so, on the night that our Lord was betrayed, he was gathered in the upper room with his disciples. And when time came for him to take the bread, when he had blessed it and given thanks, he broke it and he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Take and eat. Do this in remembrance of me. We are one body, friends, and one spirit. And after the meal... When the time came for him to take the cup, when he had blessed it and given thanks, he said, this is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins for you and for many. Take and drink. Do this in remembrance of me. And because God is good and has invited us to be in the heavenly kingdom, we can respond with thanks and praise and sing today. So Pastor Jordan, would you lead us? Thanks for joining us this week. If you'd like to join us next Sunday for worship, we'll be having service at 9 a.m. in the sanctuary on campus, which will be live streamed to Facebook Live. For those joining us online, we will still be doing our virtual lobby at 845. Make sure to check out our other weekly podcast, TCC Conversations, which airs on Wednesdays at 8 a.m. Head over to our website for updated information on gatherings, on-campus worship, and other weekly resources. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope to see you next week.